We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We are seven rounds in to a Fantasy Pros Championship draft for $1 million. And we're drafting it with a Rotoviz Radio listener on Rotoviz Radio. What's up, Rotoviz? Welcome into the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Curtis Patrick. I'm joined by Dave Caben. We're two of the owners here at rotoviz.com. We are juice up for the 2023 fantasy football season, just drafting in every direction, losing track of time. I don't really know how many days are left until the season at this point because it just feels like I'm jamming in as many drafts as I can, Dave. One of the most important drafts that we're doing, it's really cool. It's actually a first for us here on the pod is we are collaborating with one of our listeners who won a giveaway. If you remember, Dave and I recently celebrated our 300th episode of this show together a couple of weeks ago, and we did a giveaway. FFPC teamed up with us. They wanted to help us celebrate their awesome supporters of the show, and we obviously support their games because they're top-notch. And Adam Schimpf, longtime radio, uh, Root of His Radio listener, he won our giveaway. And Dave and I have been behind the scenes drafting a Fantasy Pros Championship squad with Adam, and that draft is now partway through the eighth round. It's a slow draft. Uh, you can do live drafts or slow drafts in this huge contest. And we have completed, though, everyone on the board has completed seven rounds. So Dave and I thought we would update people, talk a little bit about our strategy through the first seven rounds, and it dovetails nicely with some of the content that's come out on the website. So this is a chance for you to you know, hear how Team Rotoviz is practically applying the advice that we're giving to all of you, the listeners and the readers. Dave, I got to take a bite of my Red Baron freezer pizza because I haven't even eaten dinner yet. So why don't you respond to all the stuff I just said? All right. So uh, as, <laughs> as Curtis mentioned, a lot of relevant pieces coming out there. Obviously, we are now getting into the heart of draft season. We would definitely encourage all of our listeners to get out there, start playing in some of these FFPC contests. This is a Fantasy Pros Championship draft. One of the things that allowed us to go a variety of avenues here was the fact that we drew the second pick in this draft. Now, there are many avenues that we could go here. We've had some good back and forth with Adam, Curtis, and myself. We ultimately, and you know what? Actually, before we start breaking down the team, I'm going to do it right here, Curtis. I'm going to hit the correct button that I was hoping for. Right. Uh, so th there were some discussion points here. Um, early on, I think even above and beyond deciding what we were going to do with the second pick, some things that did come up were, you know, if we wanted to prioritize going quarterback heavy, if we wanted to prioritize getting one of the elite tight ends, you know, when do we sprinkle in running backs and being at the second spot, there were really a lot of options open to us, Curtis. Uh, yeah, we went down yeah. a path that I think is a little bit different. And I also think that the player selection here might be a little bit different than many of the teams I've put together already this year. Yeah. I gotta be honest. I mean, just adding, I mean, just adding that third person 
and that's why team drafting, especially in high stakes, is so much fun. I mean, I it's a little bit of an infomercial here for high stakes drafting, but I mean, if you've been listening to the show and you've been playing in home leagues, you know, you're throwing in 25 bucks, 50 bucks, 100 bucks, whatever, then you haven't dipped your toe into the high stakes waters. I mean, just do it with some buddies. I mean, that's it's going to make it more fun anyway. It leads to lively debate, makes it more affordable. You can chase that jackpot together. And doing this with Adam has been pretty fun because, you know, he's obviously a road of his subscriber, a road of his listener. And, you know, he understands what our strategies are. He's, you know, he's been all in for several years now. But every single person that you add to the mix, you know, they may just, their tears look a little different <laughs> or their, uh, you know, their roster construction preferences differ. You know, Dave and I have run into this with Blair over the years. It's like, I mean, Blair's FFPC draft boards would just be all yellow if we let him. If we didn't put some controls on him, he would just draft. <laughs> Uh, he, he I, I know for a fact he would just draft 20 straight wide receivers and, and it's really that. not even hyperbole there actually have been many times where it's like Blair like <laughs> dude like we're in the 14th round like I'm gonna throw yeah. a crazy scenario but maybe we need to start thinking about running back yeah and yeah that's obviously a little bit in jest but I mean it's it's just you know even as like-minded as people could potentially be a, a, approaching a draft um you know, like this, it, you know, just that little bit of variation makes it more fun and you end up with an interesting roster. And so, I mean, you know, a lot of the teams that I've been drafting myself on FFPC and underdog, you know, I'm running through kind of my top, you know, Hey, here's my 30 players that I think are the key to this season. And then I'm fitting in the pieces around those guys. And I know Dave's, you know, it's the same way. And uh, just getting Adam to the, to the, you know, podium here with us to debate these picks has led to a pretty interesting construction. So, um, you know, just to, I guess, to elaborate on this, we drew the 102. Justin Jefferson goes 101, Dave. No surprises there. But we're immediately faced with a decision point because, you know, it's really, for, I think for most people drafting FFPC this year with the tight end premium scoring, you know, the three players that are in consideration there are Travis Kelsey, uh, Christian McCaffrey, and then Jamar Chase. So, you, you you know, that's the big decision point. You have a lot of optionality, and that decision that you make is going to really, especially if you take Kelsey there, it's going to really inform what happens in the next couple rounds of the draft. And, you know, we went back and forth on a little bit. I think Dave and I both feel like Chase is a little closer to the Tyree Kill, Cooper Cup, Stephon Diggs tier of elite guys than Justin Jefferson. And so this really, it came down to CMC and Kelsey and Adam's like, man, you know, Kelsey could be the 101 overall in this format pretty easily. So we, we pull the trigger on Kelsey and then it, it's not even a chalky first round after that. I mean, there's a couple surprises there. By the time it gets back to us around round two, you know, we, we were left with an interesting um, scenario. So we go Kelsey at 102, McCaffrey and Chase go three and four, you know, the two players that we're thinking there. Tyree Kill and Cooper Cup at five and six, two of the other players that we said are right there with Jamar Chase. And then at seven to eight, we get Bijan Robinson and Austin Eckler. So it's still pretty chalky. That's not the typical order, I think, that you'll see for those two players in, in full point PPR. Yeah, but maybe 30% of the time we'll see Bijan go ahead of Austin Eckler. Then we get Stephon Diggs, so still chalky. Then we see uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, C.D. Lamb, and Tony Pollard. Uh, to finish out the first round. So, you know, we've got seven wide receivers, four running backs and a, and a tight end. Um, I think that positional investment is pretty typical, but a couple of names may be different than we would have expected. I mean, seeing, uh, seeing St. Brown rather than AJ Brown in the first round or Garrett Wilson uh, is a little bit of a veer from what I've seen here, though not, I mean, a huge shock. And then seeing Tony Pollard maybe rather than, Saquon Barkley or Nick Chubb uh, or, or AJ Brown also there. So the Pollard owner gets AJ Brown at the turn. Then we see Barkley and Chubb come off the board. Three more receivers and Garrett Wilson, Devonte Adams, Chris Olave. So our, our, you know, our cues just getting wiped out here. This is pretty, you know, the order is a little bit off, but the, it, you know, it's, it's pretty chalky in terms of following ADP through, you know, the first 18 picks there. Derek Henry comes off the board. Mark Andrews comes off the board. Jalen Waddle comes off the board. Devontae Smith comes off the board. We're back on the clock now. And ADP is almost exactly, you know, true. Yep. So we've got a huge decision here at the 211, Dave. And why don't you run us through 
the options that we considered, you know, reminding the listeners that we started with Travis Kelsey. So, you know, the, the obvious decision point is, do we want to stack here or do we want to go a different direction? Yeah. So obviously when we're making these picks here, we're kind of in tandem thinking about our second and third picks because there's just that one pick between us. Now, if you've drafted Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes becomes an obvious potential option here. Uh, one of the things that we did talk about, though, is do we need to try and go for that stack or could we get a little bit of variation so that we're not one of these teams that goes for Kelsey, then immediately matches him with Mahomes and grab Jalen Hurts, who we historically have been huge fans of instead. That's one of the paths here. Uh, on top of that, we also talk here about just going potentially for two wide receivers. At this point, we kind of liked them more than the running backs. Uh, if you were looking at running back, the type of player that you would have been considering here would have been somebody of that Ramondre Stevenson, Jameer Gibbs type of tier. We both kind of agreed that we liked the receiving options more, which were players like DK Metcalf, T. Higgins, Calvin Ridley, Jerry Judy, and Keenan Allen, who Curtis and I have talked about many times this year while drafting. Ultimately, we decided that the benefit that we would get from that stack um, might not be as nice as it would be otherwise if it weren't such a popular play. Given that we think there's a good potential that Hurts mm -hmm. could outscore Mahomes this year, and we definitely valued having one of these elite quarterbacks, we decided we'd make a little bit of a pivot and go ahead and get Hurts on our team. We thought, though, that we could wait, and if the owner picking between us did go for Hurts, then we could just add Mahomes in and get that stack. So it really then became, Curtis, a question of which wide receiver we would go with. Now, this is nice when you have a couple of outs to achieving your goal here, uh, one of them being getting that elite quarterback. And then our decision point became, who do we like more? Is it Metcalf? Is it Allen? Is it Higgins? We had some back and forth on it, uh, which maybe you can elaborate on a little bit more as you know, you should see the, uh, the painstaking agony with which Curtis makes these picks as, as we're working through them. Yeah. That, that's why I love, I love these draft, these slow drafts, these uh, high stakes, slow drafts with partners, because, you know, you can kind of look out a couple rounds as Dave mentioned, you know, we looked at rounds two and three, but then we also thought about where, you know, what are the first six rounds really look like? We, we know that we wanted to be, you know, in tight end premium format and, and set your lineup format. We always want to have, I mean, Dave and I and, and Rotoviz for the most part, we're all committed to elite tight end, elite quarterback. So we're, I mean, th those first six rounds, I mean, most of the time, unless we, something just really goes off, off the rails, we're going to end up with, you know, a top six tight end, a top six quarterback. And so when you think about that, we're only going to draft four other players we're thinking, all right, that's probably going to be three wide receivers and it's probably only going to be one running back. Then we start looking at, even before we're making the second round pick, what are the two spots that we would actually take that running back? So at this point uh, in the slow draft, you know, Dalvin Cook had just signed with the Jets. Sean had just written a little bit about the importance of, you know, investing and Brees Hall, even as ADP, as his ADP drops. Um, and, you know, he made some great uh, correlations to the, you know, Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon situation in, in Green Bay. And, you know, obviously with coordinator and Aaron Rodgers coming over, you know, perhaps we could see a situation where they're utilized in that fashion. And, you know, Sean pointed out that Aaron Jones has, you know, managed to finish as a fantasy RB1, you know, a couple of times with Aaron Rodgers and, and Brees Hall, you know, obviously even more talented as possible. We could consolidate even more of the work than Aaron Jones had. So we, we were thinking maybe Bree slides to us in the late fourth. And if we miss there, the next spot that we really liked for running back would be in round six, because you have that big log jam of guys like, you know, maybe Kenneth Walker slides there. Uh, Madison, if you like him, we don't, we're not huge on him, but that's the range he's going in. You've got uh, James Cook, Alvin Kamara, 
uh, J.K. Dobbins, that we felt that there would definitely be a running back available to us in round six if we missed on Brees Hall. So then you start thinking about the combinations and what what would happen to us if we went quarterback at 211. So let's say we we took Mahomes or even if we took Hertz, we just whichever guy that you thought, if the guy that drafted one one who already had Justin Jefferson decided to double tap wide receiver there, then then we're just cleaned out uh, because we really narrowed down the wide receiver uh, options to Keenan Allen and T Higgins. We wanted to have a guy tied to an elite offense that could have big boom weeks in the playoffs, high passing volume, aggressive mentality, elite quarterbacks. Those are the two guys that we zeroed in on. And the the risk that the 101 would take both of those guys off the board was too great. So even though it's ahead of ADP, that is why we decided to draft Keenan Allen at 211. And yes, he's he's aging, but you know, the idea that Kellen Moore will come in there, call even more passing plays than we've seen in Los Angeles in, in recent seasons, and really just unlock so many open looks for Keenan Allen. I mean, I think he's going to be, you know, a top six target getter at the position this year. Um, I'm not even going to qualify qualify it with assuming health because you always draft guys assuming they're going to be healthy. You know, we just think that Keenan Allen really has that kind of elite upside to even outperform guys that are, that are younger and, you know, more exciting, maybe in a head to head consideration, you know, like St. Brown, you know, I think that Keenan Allen can outperform a guy like that this year. So that that's why we go Allen. We let the guy at one one take his pick. He takes Mahomes off the board, probably playing defense, keeping us from uh, selecting him and getting that stack. And then he also takes Jer- uh, Darren Waller. So when it comes back around, we, t- we take Jalen hurts. And I want to expand for a second, Dave, on something that you mentioned there around um, the pros and cons of stacking uh, Mahomes with, so, you know, when you start looking at, you know, the end of the season, yes, you could capture just an absolute, you know, just flush outcome where the chiefs offense goes berserk. And, you know, Kelsey has one of those four touchdown games like he had last year, And, you know, obviously Mahomes gets, you know, a lot of those points too and some others, but there's also plenty of scenarios where, you know, maybe it's a week where Mahomes only goes for like, you know, 280 and two and, you know, Kelsey gets those touchdowns, but four other quarterbacks outscore Mahomes. Our ceiling is higher in those situations by having access to a guy like Jalen Hurts or Josh Allen. So that, you know, we were honestly fine with any of those three quarterbacks. And Dave made the excellent point that Mahomes is not necessarily an advantage there. And if we're trying to be unique, you know, the temptation for anyone that starts with Kelsey at one, two with Mahomes available at two eleven, we think most people will pull the trigger on that stack. So by being a little earlier than ADP drafting aggressively within our tier of wide receivers at Keenan Allen, uh, and then getting Jalen Hurts, we think that's a pretty unique construction with with Travis Kelsey, and so we're already off to a great start. Um, Dave, if you have any thoughts there, or if you want to run us through the rest of you know rounds three and four before we get to our you know our, our round four prediction, we were hoping Brees Hall was going to be there, you know, and and you know, but then we we had the agonizing wait, you know, of twenty picks for it to come back around. Sure, yeah. So I don't think I have too much to add over what you said, other than just kind of reemphasizing that uh, there's also, you know, the process of looking out even beyond just those two picks. And it's kind of thinking about if we do make those two picks, what do things look like after? The other thing I just kind of wanted to underscore here was seeing Darren Waller go this early uh, is a trend that we've now seen maybe the last week, week and a half, where Darren Waller in terms of tight end rankings has really shot up the board. We've kind of seen some reshuffling now. Um, So if you've kind of been paying attention earlier in the summer, took some time off and are coming back now, you're going to notice that there's some slight changes to tight end ADP. I've seen in some leagues, Kyle Pitts now like going back a bit, coming in closer to the tight end six or seven, where sometimes he was really locked in at five before. I've also seen George Kittle kind of slide. Darren Waller becoming very interesting in that Giants offense where we've talked about it's very hard to know what's going to go on at the receiver position, but it's definitely looking like one thing is for sure. Darren Waller is going to be heavily involved. So with that out of the way, that little note there, 
Uh, we make our pick of Hertz. We then see Jameer Gibbs, TJ Hawkinson, Josh Allen get selected. DK Metcalf, T Higgins, Calvin Ridley, Lamar Jackson, Jonathan Taylor, Jerry Judy, Ramondre Stevenson. Things start working back around. We see a lot more running backs starting to go. Josh Jacobs, Joe Mixon, Debo Samuel, Christian Watson, Amari Cooper, Joe Burrow, Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, Aaron Jones, and DJ Moore getting selected. This leaves Brees Hall here for us as an option. So we are now given another decision here, Curtis, of do we lock Brees yep. Hall in? Do we try to get a little greedy, see if he could come back around and maybe go after one of the receivers if there's a receiver that we want to make sure we lock in more? Available receivers were Drake London, Christian Kirk, Brandon Ayuk, DeAndre Hopkins, Deontay Johnson, JSN, George Pickens, players like that. Yeah. So, the, you know, thinking about these next couple of picks again, you know, the big decision point is, do we take Hall off the board? Knowing, again, you know, when you're towards a corner, it's so much easier to project out. I mean, you know, the 101 drafter had a similar construction to us through three rounds. One wide receiver, one quarterback, one tight end. We, we know he's going to be thinking running back probably with one of his two picks. If you look at the board... Most boards probably have, in some sort of order, Brees Hall, Alexander Madison, Javante Williams, Kenneth Walker there. And, and unless you got a big-time fanboy, this is a pretty sharp drafter. He was willing to go early on quarterback, early on on tight end, and way earlier than ADP, even on Waller there. So we got to be thinking that he's going to scoop up the value on Hall. Yep. So there's an opportunity cost associated with going wide receiver first. Now, in the chat, I, I had been hoping the DJ Moore would slide here. So we would have a, a decision um, to make. And I, I just want to underscore, you know, a lot of people are talking about, Hey, the bears offense isn't going to have enough volume to support DJ Moore unless he had, you know, being elite, unless he has like a 30 plus percent target market share. Well, I mean, I think Justin Fields is going to take another leap forward this season. DJ Moore is by far the best weapon that he's had. And you know, I actually do think that DJ Moore could be one of those players that, you know, starts to weave the fabric of a, a, a championship type team mm -hmm. uh, in 2023. So I would have been excited to add DJ Moore here, especially uh, with with Keenan Allen to have two potential, you know, team wide receiver ones with electric quarterbacks uh, that we really believe in. Dave and I both being huge Justin Fields fans, that, that, that would have been that would have been pretty fun. But he goes to the pick uh, right before us. So. We had Christian Kirk and Drake London kind of tiered right next to each other. And I was talking with Adam uh, in, a, in a side chain chat. And my point was, I really want to keep this next wide receiver pick that we take. I want to make sure that we have some sneaky wide receiver one upside. And I want to tie him to an elite offense and elite quarterback again. And while Drake London had, you know, a really impressive rookie season, and, you know, we think he's a pretty talented player, you know, would be in on him in Dynasty, et cetera. For me, you know, I've been aggressively drafting Christian Kirk in, in, you know, every fantasy format all summer. He's one of my highest exposures at wide receiver. And there's all these assumptions that Calvin Ridley is going to be the one there. And maybe he will be the one. But I think it's going to definitely be more of a 1A, 1B situation if there is even a pecking order. And I also think it's quite possible that Christian Kirk is still, you know, he would be the one A and Calvin Ridley would be the one B and ADP doesn't, isn't really suggestive of that. A lots of people are projecting Trevor Lawrence to take another step forward, you know, in year three as a pro in year two in this system. And if he takes that leap forward, I mean, there's plenty of opportunity for this offense to support two wide receiver ones. I mean, we see a couple of offenses do it almost every NFL season and so I do think that Christian Kirk is one of those guys on that short list. And so um, where I was conflicted is like, I really, you know, given that we only had one wide receiver through the first three rounds, I really did not want to miss out on Kirk, you know, with these two picks, but London goes before Kirk by ADP. And we, you know, we felt like it was a gift for Brees to slide this far. So we ultimately went with Brees and the gamble paid off here. So Drake London and Alexander Madison go at the corner. 
and it comes back around to us and Christian Kirk's still on the board and we go that direction. So through five rounds, you know, we're now at a one, one, two, one construction with Jalen Hurts, Brees Hall, Keenan Allen and Christian Kirk, and then, you know, Travis Kelsey. So we've got a lot of optionality from here on out. We obviously want to focus on wide receiver over the next, you know, four to five rounds, probably going to take a minimum of two more wide receivers and, and be four deep through like the, the ninth round. But now we feel like, hey, we've got those two guys that we can drop in here in the mandatory start to setting in this format. And and now we have we can focus on, you know, kind of winning the flex with these next couple picks. Uh, so that, you know, you know, we're we're in a we're in a good spot. And I think even though we got to debate with Adam and get some different players, you know, onto our our draft board, um, you know, we're pretty pleased at this point. So Dave, I mean, was there anybody that you would have rather seen than Kirk, uh, you know, considering that Kyle Pitts, Javante Williams, Kenneth Walker go right after that pick, you know, do you wish that we had gone a different direction or different position with that pick or within the team context, are you still feeling good a couple of days after we made it? Yeah, I still feel good about that. Um, one of the things that I'll note here is if you haven't been following along with the projection series that I've been doing, um, if you look at Jacksonville, and you look at their wide receivers in a baseline projection in comparison to receivers on other teams, you'll see that Calvin Ridley comes in around wide receiver 17 for me, and then Christian Kirk comes in around wide receiver 26. Speaking to the potential there in a baseline scenario for this team to have two wide receiver twos, one being very solid, so it is possible you know, if this offense even performs a little bit better, and yes, my projection does bake in some optimism, expecting this team to take a step forward, you know, it speaks to the potential that could be there. And that said, there's really not a lot separating Kirk and Ridley. So I agree that it's really not set in stone that Ridley is the one a there. The other thing I will say is that London slates in very close to Christian Kirk. And if you look at the teams, I have more confidence in Jacksonville in a higher range of outcomes approximating what I'm expecting than Atlanta, you know? So as a result of that, that's another reason that I like Kirk in this context. Uh, you know, some of the guys behind that I do like are uh, Terry McLaurin, Jordan Addison, but they actually, via an ADP perspective, didn't need to be considered right at that point. We were kind of hoping that maybe, you know, we would have the opportunity to see some of those guys come back a little bit later, seeing as there was a bit of a, you know, a large group in that cohort that we could go after. Okay. And uh, I'll just say that Curtis is, is trying to get down a slice of pizza. I wasn't paying attention to that and finished my sentence a little early. No, you're good, man. We are, we are good. The palate is, is cleansed now. Um, So, okay. So before we break down what happened in the rest of round five, six and seven, want to highlight an opportunity that you've heard about on some of the podcasts, um, you know, across our station uh, earlier this week. Uh, but I just want to talk to you a little bit more directly about it. So Rotoviz, Rotoviz Radio, actually, you know, we are uh, in business with, with Blue Wire. And Blue Wire is um, a big time, uh, you know, sports podcast conglomerate. Um, you know, we've been partnered with them for several years. Uh, Dave, Sean, Blair, and I are all actually personally invested in this company. And, you know, they really help our Rotoviz operation. And so for those of you that that listen, you know, religiously to Rotoviz Radio, you know, for years, just want to let you know that you know, one of the reasons that we're able to bring you all of these shows and prioritize recording all of these shows, you know, with our time is, you know, because of that relationship that we have with blue wire, they've done some really impressive things over the uh, course of the last couple of years. I mean, actually Rotoviz was their first big fantasy podcast, um, acquisition. And we were one of the original partners to blue wire. So, I mean, we're, you know, we're, in, in their eyes, you know, we're, we're Godfather level, um, uh, you know, with everything that they do and, you know, they really involve us, um, and, you know, setting forward their strategic, uh, plans as they, you know, look to continue building. And, you know, they're in relationships with lots of professional athletes. You know, they've raised millions of dollars uh, through multiple rounds of fundraising. And, you know, we want to support their next round. 
on fundraising. And they have, you know, many companies like Rotoviz uh, that are at the table, professional athletes, media professionals, et cetera. But this next campaign is going to be a little bit more grassroots. And there's going to be a link in the episode to this podcast for anybody that wants to learn more about this, but you can actually personally invest uh, in Blue Wire um, through their campaign with WeFunder. And so I uh, just want to hit a couple quick bullet points on this. And, you know, again, there'll be more information uh, if you, f- you want to follow that link. And I think Calm probably has uh, something recorded on some of the other shows that we'll have later this week. But Blue Wire and Rotoviz has been working with each other. Uh, I think this is year four now, Dave. Um, it's, it's time really flies. Man. And uh, they've got over 300 shows. Of course, you know, a dozen plus of those are from Team Rotoviz uh, and our family. Uh, Blue Wire's raised over $10 million privately to expand their team, uh, acquire podcast networks and um, expand their business operations. And, you know, this next round um, is going to involve investing uh, with, with, you know, people at a grassroots level, you can invest for like a hundred bucks. You don't have to be a millionaire to invest. Uh, You know, so anybody that's listening that plays in a fantasy league can actually be invested in the future of Rotoviz Radio and the future of the Blue, Blue Wire podcast um, network. So again, they're raising money to expand their sales team, improve operations, and it's going to help our show, Dave and I show grow. And, you know, and, uh, you know, I guess, you know, ensure that we can continue bringing this content to you year after year after year, as well as the other shows that you listen to on our network, like Stealing Bananas with Sean and Ben, like Overtime with Calm and Sean, and many of the other great shows that, that you listen to. So if you want to be part of the next round of investment with Blue Wire and fund Rotoviz operations, or if you just want to find out any more information, you can go to wefunder.com slash Blue Wire. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. All right, Dave. So round five, let's get back to the task at hand with this board here. We took Christian Kirk, Kyle Pitts, Javante Adams, or Javante, Javante Adams, Javante Williams, <laughs> Kenneth Walker, Justin Herbert go off the board. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, DeAndre Hopkins, George Kittle, Dallas Goddard, Justin Fields, Deontay Johnson. That finishes the fifth round. You had mentioned Terry McLaurin as, you know, a guy maybe we thought could, you know, fall all the way to us at the end of round six. People seem to be kind of, you know, totally in or out on, on the commanders and, you know, maybe that'll be changing as, as that offense is looking pretty sharp with Sam Howell and the most recent preseason uh, performances. But at the time that these picks were made, that was not yet the case. Uh, So around that corner, uh, Terry McLaurin, JK Dobbins, Mike Williams. So some good players that were definitely on our board, James Cook, uh, who I'd mentioned as a potential round six target for us. So, you know, that is, you know, kind of confirmation that that fourth round investment at Brees Hall paid off. You know, knowing that Dobbins and Cook were six-round targets, they wouldn't have made it to us. We we would have been hosed there, potentially. Chris Godwin, Cam Akers, Alvin Kamara, uh, Jackson Smith, uh, Najigba, Damian Pierce, and Rashad White go off the board. So now we're back on the clock at six eleven. 
Um, we've got the two wide receivers in hand. You know, we'd really like for one of these next two picks at minimum to be a wide receiver, but there are a couple, you know, high volume backs um, that have some receiving ability on the board here too, or some high end touchdown upside. So we got into a bit of debate again with what to do in round six and seven. So, you know, we've got Hall, he's a little bit nicked. It's unclear what type of volume he'll see in the first couple weeks of the season. So, so one, one of the, you know, the strategic rationale of potentially taking a running back with one of these picks would be, you know, if, if we're not confident to start Brees Hall in week one or week two, you know, having another guy that, you know, could slot in, you know, as our RB1 equivalent would feel good from a workload perspective. Uh, like, you know, that we're not going to walk right in with a poor scoring output in week one because of an ability to score points at running back. And then also, you know, there's just some guys that we, we think have some elite upside. I mean, one of them being James Conner uh, with, you know, the Arizona Cardinals situation. That's clearly not an elite offense, but Conner was an elite you know, actually the last two seasons, he's averaged basically 16 PPR per game. Dave and I were looking in the NFL stat explorer and just came away really impressed with, you know, his low key, you know, kind of under the radar production out there in the NFC West, not really being thought about um, or publicized just because the team's been so putrid. And then we also talked about David Montgomery with the lions. I mean, because, you know, you think about Jamal Williams and all the touchdowns that he scored last year, then everything that, you know, all of the press out of Detroit is that, you know, I, I think they're going to use these running backs similar to what they did with Williams and DeAndre Swift. It's just going to be Montgomery and Gibbs now. Um, they're probably both better than the versions of the players uh, that they're replacing. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. But Montgomery's got legit double-digit touchdown upside. And so, you know, we're thinking about those two players potentially with one of these picks. And then there's still some receivers that we like. We talked about, Tyler Lockett, you know, just getting another tried and true veteran that has a great relationship with the quarterback that, you know, we can feel pretty good about, but Dave and I are really high on JSN and it's unclear if Seattle will actually increase their passing volume or if they're going to, you know, slice up that target market share and target volume amongst JSN Metcalf and Lockett. So, you know, if, if our JSN trutherism uh, comes to pass, then, you know, potentially that could have been at the expense of Lockett. Um, Hollywood Brown, you know, also from that Cardinals offense, you know, being able to consolidate a lot of the, the passing looks there with DeAndre Hopkins no longer in town. Even Michael Pittman, you know, a young, a young player uh, still on the rise, albeit for a bad team, you know, unclear what, you know, that offense is really going to look like with, you know, at the time that these picks are made, Jonathan Taylor wasn't in town and hadn't fully uh, been given permission to seek a trade. Anthony Richardson's today taking over at quarterback. So there's just some question marks there. So this really came down to George Pickens or Jahan Dotson um, as the two wide receiver uh, considerations. And I think that I had also mentioned maybe Jordan Addison as well. So those are really the four or five players that, that we were talking about. And Dave, in particular, you and Adam were really juiced up about one of the wide receiver options here. So why don't you tell us who we picked at 611? Yeah, so we actually went ahead and took George Pickens here. Uh, and I have to say, I have found myself coming around a bit more to George Pickens over the last couple of weeks. One of those reasons being, I do think that Pickens is a talented uh, young wide receiver in this league. I think when you look at that Pittsburgh offense, it is possible that we see him gain a fairly sizable share. And I also think that you could see this team rebounding over what it did last year. Now, Kenny Pickett was not great. I think that you see him take a bit of a step forward in his second year. And one of the things that I wanted to try to capture on this team, Curtis, was players that could capture some upside, have some breakout seasons. Now, I'm not saying that I can guarantee that George Pickens is going to do this, but I do find myself fairly excited about the prospect of him being able to do so. I also think that this year you might see the Steelers pass at a bit of a higher rate than they did last year, uh, which would also kind of boost his value to some degree. So, you know, you and Adam being so high on, on Pickens, you know, really helped. I was pretty conflicted within, I, you know, I've got all these wide receivers kind of in a tier 
um, there. And so, you know, I don't mind it. I've actually been personally taking a little bit more of Deontay Johnson. Um, just cause I think he was really unlucky with, you know, all the targets that he got last year to, yeah. to have, you know, so little, you know, scoring, uh, convert conversion. Um, I think that he's, you know, a pretty good, uh, regression candidate, uh, as well there in Pittsburgh. But yeah, I, I'm a believer that, and you know, that the Steelers offense could take a step forward and, you know, Hey, having a highlight real player like Pickens is really fun. You know, it just adds an element of fun, uh, for this team as well. Yeah. I so guess I, I should mention too, that actually, um, when I go through it, not that projections are everything, but to give like one final snapshot here, I have Pickens yeah. just on the outskirts of being a wide receiver three actually coming in head of some players like JSN and Dawson, mm-hmm. uh, and even somebody like Cortland Sutton, um, which I think speaks to the fact that, you know, he does deserve to be in that conversation. I think regardless of what you think of him, if you're just kind of taking a 30,000 put type of view, you know, that is the region in which he resides. Yeah. I mean, it's a flat, it's a flat tier here. You know, you're, you're either taking veterans that are on the verge of potentially being passed by younger options, or you're taking wide receivers that need to break out um, to prove their value. Yeah, well And put. so, you know, I, you know, Sean um, and his, uh, in his article that dropped on the site today, it's actually also in the premium email. Make sure you subscribe to that. You can get notes from me today or every day, almost <laughs> this time <laughs> of year on, on the articles that drop and really prioritizing those things. But Sean talks about in his bulletproof draft plan that you want to load up on young breakout wide receivers. And, you know, we created a base first with Christian Kirk and, and Keenan Allen, which is exactly what, you know, Sean mentions as a viable strategy. We've got that base of, you know, baked in volume, baked in upside, tied to the elite quarterbacks. And then we take some chances. We take a chance on George Pickens in a breakout here. Now, when we get around uh, the corner to round seven, both James Conner and David Montgomery are on the board. And then the other wide receivers that we had considered, you know, Hollywood Brown was still there. Pittman and Jahan Dotson were still there, you know, and at this point we're just, Dave and I were really tempted by the siren song of James Conner here. You know, I think, I think the, the idea of another 80 reception season, like sure there's plenty that could go wrong in Arizona. If they're just that bad, you know, do they bail? Uh, do the veterans start, you know, resting up with those little nicks and bruises that start to, to stack up. If, especially if Kyler were to sit out the majority of the season, those types of things, there's plenty that could go wrong with this pick we're drafting to win a million dollars here. Like we're not drafting to finish fourth in this league and get our investment back. And James Connor scoring 16 PPR again this season on the team that we built right here. That's the type of move that wins a million dollars. So we got to draft like we're right. And you know, with this iteration of this team, we're drafting like James Connor uh, is going to be a low end RB one. And we opt for him over what we felt would be a week to week touchdown dependency with David Montgomery, we used the uh, Rotoviz NFL Stat Explorer to look a little bit at James or uh, at Jamal Williams' 2022 season. And I mean, you know, he scored touchdowns in many, many weeks, but the weeks that he didn't, I mean, he scored like five points. And you know, we just felt like Connor three, four, five, seven receptions um, every game. You know, that's just going to really boost up his floor and ra- raise his ceiling above Montgomery. And we're also both, you know, really in on Gibbs. And so, you know, if, if we're going to be that far in on Gibbs and, and view him as more of a viable rusher uh, than DeAndre Swift, there's also, you know, possibility that maybe that split in Detroit looks a little bit different with these players once the team gains confidence in Gibbs' uh, abilities between the tackles. So we go with James Conner there. Anything you want to add about that uh, before we run through the rest of the round and talk about our next steps with this squad? I think just the final thing that I would touch upon here. Uh, which you kind of hit on earlier, what's really fun about doing these drafts, especially with three people and maybe somebody that you haven't drafted with before that you don't draft with all the time, is you can end up with these really interesting, unconventional squads. Like this is a start that I don't think I've had anything really approximating this year. And sometimes it's these very differentiated teams where you're getting some exposure to players that you haven't in the past in these different combinations that end up being the funnest and most exciting teams to manage. All right. Well, well put. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that, that was our hope. <laughs> that was, ac- that's actually one of the goals for doing this collaboration and, and, and drafting with the listeners just to, you know, they just give us one more dart. That's a little bit unique compared to what we would do on our own. Um, 
the seventh round ends up, you know, Hollywood Brown, Evan Ingram, you know, I really love Evan Ingram. He's one of my highest exposures. If we hadn't gone Kelsey in the first round, he absolutely, I think he's that last guy. Yep. He, you know, um, there's a seven wide or a seven tight end tier um, that's pretty widely talked about in the industry that consists of, you know, it's, it's not just one tier. There's multiple tiers within it, but a lot of people talk about the drop off after tight end seven. And the guys they're talking about are Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, Darren Waller, TJ Hawkinson, George Kittle, Dallas Goddard, and Kyle Pitts in some order, whatever order they prefer. I actually personally have Evan Ingram in there with those guys. I mean, he was excellent last year. The team just gave him a boatload of cash uh, to stay put. I think that he is one of their foundational offensive players moving forward. And I'm comfortable with him. I, I'm comfortable with leaning on him as you know a very important player and a tight end premium setup like this so i think that was a, a, an excellent pick at seven four excellent value for the drafter that took him um dalvin cook michael pittman khalil herbert david montgomery so some of the players we had been talking about Jahan dotson many of the players we had been talking about considering there at the seven two going off the board um mike evans pat fryermuth and jordan addison round up uh the activity through round seven so you know, at this point, we've got a quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, and a tight end. It's a very nicely balanced squad. I think that we're well positioned to just take the players we think are going to score the most points uh, and provide us an advantage, a little bit of a mix of a, a value-based drafting uh, perspective while also making sure that we have access uh, to, you know, appropriate depth at both the wide receiver and uh, running back uh, positions um, through the next a handful of rounds here, Dave. And so I just want to read off a couple of the names that are in our queue. Yep. As I think about rounds eight, nine, and 10, still looking for some of those, you know, volatile, young, potentially breakout wide receivers. And the three names really come to mind that are in the queue. A guy that I would love for this team would be Gabe Davis. I would love Gabe Davis if if he can make it to our next pick. Now, by by ADP, he may not, but there's a shot. And I, I if we, you give me Pickens and Davis on this squad, I mean, I feel really good about one of them hitting in a big way. Um, other players that I think fit the bill, Sean has written uh, about Zay Flowers, uh, maybe being a better value uh, and potentially, you know, have the ability to outperform even Jordan Addison. Um, you know, if, if he does actually slot in there as Lamar Jackson's wide receiver one. And then Sky Moore, you know, Sky Moore disappointed a little bit last year. But even if he just takes that juju role uh, that was vacated and then it's just a little bit better at it, a little bit more dynamic, he could present a lot of value here. And that would also be, you know, it would be nice to have a piece of the Kansas City offense um, besides Kelsey in the event that, you know, you you actually did want a Mahomes-Kelsey stack or a, a Chiefs mega stack in the playoff rounds. It would be nice to have access to, a, you know, another player uh, to help with some of the positive correlation of a, you know, a passing attack um explosion in one of the critical rounds of of this tournament and then at the the running back position you know a couple guys that are still on the board uh deandre swift is sliding past adp here and you know we didn't really consider him in round seven um adam actually did mention his name for consideration if he were to fall into the eighth year you know i think dave and i would be highly interested even if some of those wide wide receivers were available and then you know maybe for round nine or ten I can't quit Antonio Gibson, Dave. I, <laughs> I know I just you can't. Like, yeah, I, I can't quit him. I, I think that he's going to be the back to own um, in Washington this year in that BNME offense. Uh, we saw, you know, Gibson score the receiving touchdown in the preseason game the other night. Just think, I think he's going to finally be used the right way. And I, it might be a little frustrating the beginning part of the season, but I mean, if Robinson goes down, I mean, Gibson, he's already got, got a 200 point season to his name. I think you know, he could really explode if uh, Sam Howell and that offense take a, a step forward. So um, what do you think about some of those targets? Anybody else that you want me to add to the queue, man, um, <laughs> before this next couple of rounds? Yeah, no, I, I think that those are all players that I'm highly interested in. I think that some of the players um, that I've been drafting a lot tend to come a little bit later. So it doesn't really make sense to add them to the queue here until we see how things shake out in the next you know, maybe four to five rounds. So yeah. um, we will be sure to report back on all of that. 
Oh, yeah. Um, one final thing to mention here, Curtis. I'm currently on the clock in 68 underdog drafts. <laughs> Somebody's trying to match. Uh, are you are you working towards your BBM max or is this another puppy? This uh, is, I have here? a ton of slow puppies going as well as the puppy three. Once I get these finished, it will mm. then be back to some BBM drafts. So hopefully. I didn't know we were going to be like, you know, comparing on the clock. Uh, no, we weren't. Know, I'm just trying things. to get everybody excited out there, you know, making the push here, highlighting that it is August 22nd right now. Yeah, man. Feels like there's still a little bit of time before the season gets here, but you got to get your drafts in while you still can, because if you're not doing them now, inevitably yeah. what's going to happen is yeah. you're going to do your handful, maybe right around September 1st, and then you're going to be wishing that you had more to do. That's all. All right. All I want to add at the end of the episode here, Dave and I will be sure to update uh, in a later episode this week, some of our highest exposures uh, as we've each added probably another hundred drafts to our, uh, to our name since the last time we talked about that. Uh, and I've, I've also been playing, you know, and I'm on my way to maxing the DraftKings best ball tournament. And so can talk about some of the, the variation in that format uh, versus underdog and FFPC where we've been playing all summer and then for those of you that are considering writing an email or adding us on X um, or calling into the Rotoviz radio hotline and leaving a message for Dave, we have in the next couple of days, Sean Siegel's zero RB candidates countdown is going to be coming out. Uh, my hero RB candidates countdown is going to be coming out and my must draft series is on the way as well, both for wide receivers and running backs. Some mega hits over the past couple of years from all of these series. We know this is, you know, these are some of the main reasons that people come to the site this time of year. Be sure to check out if you're in an auction draft, Dave Cabin's auction strategy draft guide, uh, parts one and two, both out now. Dave has won the USA.com auction uh, in recent years and, you know, really is a thought leader in that space. Just so much great content on the site. If you're listening and you do not subscribe to rotoviz.com, you've got to check that out. You've got to get your sub and, you know, win your league in 2023 with our help. Thank you for listening to the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at CPatrickNFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214 and make sure to rate, review, and subscribe.